crazy, I say I'm just getting started When people say I'm losing it I just laugh and smile Different than I once was So my praise has got to show it The dignified is just the beginning People call me crazy, I say this morning. We're so happy to have you guys here worshiping with us. And just like that song says, lose yourself in His love, I just encourage you this morning that no matter what you walked in with, no matter whether you walked in with any kind of struggle that you're facing this week, anything that you're coming up on, I just encourage you this morning to lose yourself in His love. And just for the next couple of minutes as we worship, I just encourage you to just lift your eyes to the Lord and give Him the glory that He deserves. Amen. 
ever felt dry and you need the rain of God to come rain in your life. Amen. When we were writing this song, this song's based on Elijah as he was praying for rain and I, I was thinking about him and he had been a drought for several years. And he's praying for rain. He sends his servant out. He comes back. There's nothing. Sends him out again several times and every time he comes back to the last, there's nothing. And he's in need of something. And the last time he sent him out, the Bible says that he comes back and he says that the servant saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. And it didn't seem very significant because, you know, if I saw that, I just thought, oh, it's going to pass. But he said, go tell the king that rain's coming. You know, whatever you're going through in this place this morning, maybe you're dry. Maybe you feel like, you know, you're going through something. You just need God's presence, his peace, his joy. I don't know what it might be. But let your heart connect with him and say, God, I need your rain today. And I'm going to the source, the creator of the rain, because he is the maker of the rain. Amen? So as we sing this bridge and we just say, God, we know it's coming. We declare in faith that the storm clouds are rising. I can hear the thunder roll. I can feel the drops of heaven come to flood my thirsty soul. Storm clouds that are rising. I can hear the thunder roll. I can feel the drops of heaven. Come to the thunder. Storm clouds that are rising. I can hear the thunder roll. I can feel the drops of heaven. Come to the thunder. 
I just want to be close to you, oh God. I want to feel your presence near me. I want to feel your presence near me. I want to be close to you. I want to be close to you. I want to feel your presence near me. I want to feel your presence near me. I want to be close to you. I want to be close to you. I want to feel your presence near me. I want to feel your presence near me. I want to be close to you. I want to be close to you. I want to feel your presence near me. I want to feel your presence near me. I want to be close. I want to feel your presence near me. I want to feel your presence near me. Just want to be close to you. I want to be close to you. I want to feel your presence near me. I want to feel your presence near me. I want to be close to you. close to you. Come on, last time. I want to be close to you. I want to be close to you. I want to feel your presence near me. I want to feel your presence near me. I want to be close to you. I want to be close to you. Feel your presence near me. Wanna feel your presence near me. Oh Lord, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come even closer. We bless you, Jesus.
standing in your presence. Here we are, standing in your presence. Shekinah glory come down. Shekinah glory come down. Here we are, standing in your presence. Here we are, standing in your presence. Shekinah glory come down. This morning, he's worthy, amen. I mean to say, I want more of God, amen. He's worthy. We bless you, Jesus. Walk you greet two or three people this morning and tell them how happy you are to see him in God's house. Church on the Rock. We are so glad you're here worshiping with us. In the back of the chair in front of you, we have a lot of information about our church. Our inside look is going to give you everything that you need to know about who we are and what we believe in. Our ministry guide is going to give you plenty of opportunities for you to get connected through classes, small groups, and outreach opportunities. And if you're a first-time guest, please fill out the white card in the seat back in front of you. Drop it in the offering, or you can bring it across the hall to the Connect Room where you'll get a free gift bag. Don't forget about Saturday night meals and snacks in between Sunday services in the Connect Cafe. And the coffee bar is always open. We are so glad you are here. And we hope that you know there is always a place for you at Church on the Rock. We want to make sure that we're letting you know important information about our church, activities, and events 
And the easiest way to do that is through text messages and email. We want to make sure we've got your current information. If you'll look in the back of the chair, you'll see this little red card. If you'll just give us your name, uh, phone number, and email, then that way we can communicate with you. I promise you we won't overwhelm you with communications. If you ever want to opt out, you can. But this is the way to keep current on our church. So please take time. Get in the back of the chair now. Fill it out and drop it in the offering. Please do it now. Thanks so much. Your fingerprint. No one else in the world has it. It's 100% you. God made you unique for a reason. And here at Church on the Rock, we want to help you be the best you. Our ministry guide is full of over 70 different classes, life groups, and outreaches that range from Bible studies to hot rods to crocheting. Our groups give you a chance to connect with people who care about you while going deeper in your walk with God in an environment that fits you. Check out our ministry guide for a complete list of our classes, life groups, and outreaches. And go to churchontherock.org to see a video description of each life group. Church on the Rock, a place for you. One of the exciting things that we're planning on doing in the future is to do a Bible school and seminary extension campus virtual classroom right here in Texarkana where you can get a quality Bible education at whatever level you want. Well, that's where Linnell and I are this weekend. We're checking out a campus in New Orleans. Uh, they're doing a Mardi Gras outreach, so it's birthed in evangelism. We're real excited to be there, but excited to come back and be with you next weekend. The, our Imagine More Building campaign is really going to help us in so many ways, and this is one more giving us space for a Bible school seminary extension right here in Texarkana. Amen. How's everybody doing today? Glad you're in the house of the Lord? Amen. Well, as you can see, Pastor John's in uh, New Orleans. And one of the guys he's there with doing an outreach, Scott Camp, is going to be here in about five weeks. We're going to do an evangelistic event in our church. Uh, special stuff, for the, but it's a time to invite, invite, invite. So begin to pray and ask God who you can invite and just be, uh, be praying for that event. We're continuing to worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings. I'm doing a message today about hearing voices. And when it comes to our finances, there's a lot of voices out there that want you to do this or do that. And so let's watch a little video real quick about uh, our time. It's time. It's time for a new car. It's time for clothes for all the kids. It's time for a bigger TV. I mean, a bigger TV. No, 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 a bigger TV, yeah, but it's also time to get rid of that credit card debt. It's time for a vacation. It's time to have enough money to pay all the bills at the end of the month and actually have something left over. It, it's time to stop worrying about money all the time. It's time to trust God with my finances. It's time to do what the Word of God says, to bring in the tithe and, the, and my offering to the house of God and trust Him to open the windows of heaven and pour out more blessing than I can possibly receive. I bring in my tithes and my offerings, then I know that my God will provide all of my needs all the time. It's time. Amen. Say it's time. 
You know, we're getting real close to uh, kicking off this Imagine More, which is an expansion, more classrooms, bigger uh, cafe area, the purpose to reach more people. Just kind of want to encourage, if you've never, not a part of it, uh, there's information in the back of your chair, Imagine More, and pray about just being a part. Everybody can do a little bit, but those that have been, a, you know, faithfully given already, we're getting close to something happening. It's been a lo- kind of a, a wait trying to find out what's going to happen with our easements and right-of-ways, but that's starting to, to proceed, and so something's going to happen very quickly. So how many believe it's time? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do, first of all, we ask you to bless our pastor. Bless Pastor John Linnell. Lord, declare health in his body. Lord, just peace to his mind. Lord, you'll bless him. Lord, let him have a wonderful time of bring him back. You're just ready to just pour more into us and, and to hear from you. Lord, we bless him, Lord, and bless this offering, Lord. Give us the power to be a great influence in this city, Lord, and throughout the nations. And Lord, bless the people that are given. And Lord, let the windows of heaven open over them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give. So faithful, so constant, so loving and so true, so powerful in all you do. You fill me, you see me, you know my every move, you through one more time. Let God remind you in this moment who you are. 
want to thank you that if you're for us, who can be against us? But we want to thank you that the greater one lives inside of us and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But we thank you today. Lord, as we open your word, you're going to speak to our hearts. You're going to write something upon our hearts. Lord, the enemy's trying to say one thing, but Lord, you're saying something else, Lord. And we want to agree with you and your word. And we just bless you today. If you believe that, give Jesus a hand clap right now. Amen. Just stay standing for a minute. If you got a Bible or something with a Bible on it, if you hold it up a little bit, shake it. Make the bookstores glad and the devil mad. Now, don't hurt anybody, but let's chop off some devil's heads. Na, 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 na. A little better than the first. Anyhow, repeat after me. This Bible has the power to change my life, to change my city. I can do what this Bible says I can do. I'll be a history maker and a world shaker. This Bible's a truth detector, sin deflector, faith inflator. I'm going to read it now. I'm going to read it later. If you believe that, give Jesus a shout, a hand clap, and give somebody a double fist bump today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do a message entitled today, I Hear Voices. Anybody else? Hear some voices? You know, I did a message all the way back in June. We were doing a series on voices, but I had a, a message entitled, The Voice of Deception. This week, it's a message entitled, Defeating the Voice of Discouragement. Amen. Amen. You know, there's many voices out there in the world. I was somewhere, I heard this song, it was a country tune, and I, it, the words were kind of, just kind of sticking out, and, and I thought, man, that's kind of um, appropriate. So on hand, I went to this place called the World Wide Web, and I looked on it, and I found the lyrics of this song. And here's what it says. I just can't help but hear them. Man, I can't avoid it. I hear voices. Like my dad saying, work that job, but just, just don't work your life away. Mama telling me to drop some cash in the offering plate on Sunday. Grandma saying, if you find the one, you better treat her right. Sometimes I try to ignore them, but thank God for them, because they made me who I am. Now, there's voices out there that'll shape you and literally determine your destiny. A lot of times those voices we hear uh, can do some good things, but sometimes even voices you heard as a child can kind of halt your growth and, and keep you off course from what God wants to do. 1 Corinthians 14.10, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significance. <clears throat> that message I shared back in June about the voice of deception, the enemy wanting to get you off course and deceiving you, there's things in our life that help him, like pride, self-seeking, sin, all those things can help get us off course. But God wants to communicate with us. First of all, he wants relationship with us. With us. See, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about having a relationship. And when there's a relationship to where you can say, literally, Daddy God, Abba Father, a relationship is only strong if you're communicating. God wants to communicate to you. And he wants you to hear his voice more than you even desire it. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they will follow me. John 8, 47. He who is of God hears the words of God. And Elijah gives us a good understanding about God's voice in 1 Kings 19, 11. He said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountain, broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. 
and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. God still speaks today. And most times, it's that still, small voice that sounds just like you. Because you get all these thoughts. They come from one of three sources. God, the enemy, or you. Your wills, desires, and emotions. So one of those three sources. There's a lot of... Here's the thing. First of all, there's a battle going on up here with these voices. This is where the battle's at. It's in the mind. It's up there. And if you win the battle up here, you win the battle in your flesh. I mean, even just something as simple as dieting or exercise. You can win it up here, it'll come out in your flesh. And a matter of fact, those things going on up here or in your heart will eventually come out in some sort of an action. Now, there's many voices we hear. Voices from the newspaper, the radio, television, our flesh, our feelings, our emotions, our circumstances, our desires, and the people all around us. They influence our decisions. Matter of fact, the voice you listen to will be the voice that determines your future, predicts your success, or your failure thereof. It's one thing when you make a bad decision financially and it costs you some money. It's another thing if you make a bad decision and cause some emotional hurt, uh, you know, some distress. But it's a whole other thing when you make a decision that costs you your life or more soul or even worse yet, costs you your soul. John 10, 1. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs up by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls out his sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. It's a sad thing that some people are, think they're going to go to heaven because they believe the voice of the enemy. I mean, think about that. There's a lot of voices that I was hearing. There's voices like, well, you're a pretty good person, so you'll go to heaven. Or you're better than a lot of other people. Or you go to this particular church. Or you were baptized. Or whatever it is. There could be even having a time where you came to the altar or some pastor said, if you say this prayer, you're going to go to heaven. And there's truth in that. But you can't just say that prayer and follow the devil and expect to go to heaven. No, his sheep hear his voice and they follow him. Because I know the time in my life where first it was just religion, and then I know the time where somebody shared about having a relationship, and I just said the prayer for fire insurance, but I was still going away from the cross. And then that moment where I began to follow him. I said that prayer, and I turned and followed him. And there was a big difference. Matthew seven twenty one. This is to people in the church. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did not we prophesy in your name and your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. To follow the voice of Jesus is to follow the voice of his word and the influence and power of the Holy Spirit. It's got to go according to his word. A lot of people say, well, there's many ways to heaven. I'm not going to say any names, but her initials are O-Pra. I might say there's many ways. 
But Jesus says what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. One way. Let's talk about the weapon of the enemy's voice. Okay? This is the scripture I'm going to be going into in a minute. But most of you are familiar with it. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue. I want you to think. Every tongue or every voice that rises up against me we will condemn. Okay, so there's all these voices. Now, first of all, I got a word from somebody a couple weeks ago passing in the hall, and they said, you're going through a battle. And it was along those lines. And I was thinking at that moment, well, I'm not really going through a battle, but I'll kind of set it up on the shelf. It wasn't a matter of a couple days. I was in the middle of a battle, like some of you might be right now. And so here's what's going on. I'm in the middle of this battle. And but not this, it's a particular night my, my mom calls and said, your dad's having pains in his back and chest and stomach. You know, come on over here. So we're praying and believing, and it's you know, not getting better, so we call the ambulance. So they show up. They take him to the emergency room, only to get him in the emergency room, put him in a wheelchair, and wheel him out to the waiting room for the next four hours. Then we get it wheeled back into the emergency room hallway for a couple hours to finally get to a room for eight hours to see a doctor who we find out he's dehydrated. Oh, wow. He hadn't drank all day leading up to this, and they didn't give him a thing at the hospital, IV or nothing. But he's got acute pancreatitis, and they decide we need to take the gallbladder. Now, he had a great surgeon, did a great job. It went very smoothly. Praise the Lord. But anyhow, the doctor gives us that good report, so I'm going to go home. I've been up all night, going to shower, and get home, and it's not even an hour, a half hour. My mom calls and she's crying. I mean, my dad has come out of anesthesia into the room, and he is wearing my mom out, cussing her, accusing her of putting him through this, accusing it. I mean, it's just, she just couldn't take it. So I go up there, and I'm telling you, the next five hours were probably the worst five hours of my life. I mean, and I hear stories about people in anesthesia, you know, coming out of it, and my dad's 89, and so it can stick, you know, even be a little tougher. But man, he is just wearing me out. I mean, acute, just any, without getting too perfect, but basically, you're a terrible son. You call yourself a minister, a Christian, you know, on and on for five hours. So you can kind of, I go home that night and it's still fairly early, but I'm just emotionally spent. I mean, I'm just like having a hard time breathing. And I kind of share with my wife and you see she sympathizes, but I just, I just finally, I just go to bed early. I just pull the covers, covers over my head and I'm just waiting for tomorrow to come. So I get up, and, um, you know, so I'm kind of walking around house praying, and I'm saying, okay, Lord, and I'm, I'm saying, God, I need to hear something from you. God, you know, you ask all the why, and, you know, just, oh, my, you know, just going through this thing. But even the night before, I reminded the scripture the Holy Spirit brought up to me, and it was this scripture, Isaiah 54, and it's this one. We'll read it together. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment you will condemn. For this is the heritage of your servants of the Lord, and the righteousness for me, says the Lord. Now the enemy is forging a weapon against me to get me discouraged, to try to get me to quit, to fall short of something. And here's the ace in the hole for the enemy and his weaponry is a family member. I mean, that has the most power. You know, you... Uh, 
You know, even think back in your childhood, moments that have just kind of stopped you. Somebody said something. You know, somebody last service said something about a birthday party. When they said that, I remembered, man, one of my best, he came to be my best friend, but it was one of those 10, 12, 13 year ages when you get invited, you know, in a town of a thousand and a class of 23, if you don't get invited to the birthday party for the sleepover, my word, you're an outcast. And I kind of remember some of those things. And we've all, and you know, there's some of you, even young people or older people that you might've been said, hey, this divorce, we got divorced and it's your fault in speaking to the child. You know, things that can just kind of really say, you know, do a lot to you. So the enemy's forging this weapon to get me to, you know, quit and give up. And I, again, I understand that he's coming out of anesthesia, that because in the midst of it, he's seeing cockroaches on the wall. You know, there's a dog at the end of the bed with something in his mouth. What's in his mouth? But the thing about it, there was a lot of facts too, and a lot of truth. And that's the thing about the enemy, just enough truth to try to stick to you. Just enough in there to kind of, you know, make you kind of think about it. So anyhow, so I feel like I'm against the ropes. You know, the enemy's kind of, you know, got me against the ropes. The enemy's forging a weapon, a tongue. So now it's morning and I'm still trying to hear from the Lord. And now this kind of a family thing and a personal attack. So now it comes through the workplace. Okay, I do work here. But in, I get a, my wife gets a text, and I'm telling you, 365 days out of the year, it was no big deal. And it really wasn't even that big a deal now. But at the time, the perfect time, you know, kind of the perfect storm situation, and I'm thinking, it just triggered something from the past. I'm thinking, well, I don't have to deal with this now. And here's the other thing. I got mad at the messenger, my wife. Because how could she, couldn't she discern what I was going through? I didn't need to hear that right now. And so you're just kind of, you know, the enemy's just kind of really working you over. Uh, so you get to this place, and you get these thoughts. I'm just going to quit my job. You know, you get, that stuff starts happening. And here's the thing about ministry, and you can talk to a lot of pastors. They'll preach on Sunday and want to quit on Monday. Because there's just a spiritual dynamic to it that just can be kind of a lot of weight. Any youth pastors and 20s pastors say amen once in a while? Been there about 15 years. Hallelujah. And here's a good triple threat of the enemy. The boom, boom, boom. It's hit you through your family, your work, and your finances. And a lot of times the work and finances are together and, you know, it can really kind of work you over. You feel like throwing in the towel. Okay, I want to rewind a little bit. Back in December, I had preached a message and in the middle of the message, I had this prophetic sense and I shared it that God wanted to burst some things in our church and in us individually. I don't know if anybody remembers that, that God wants to burst some things, some new things, some exciting things. And it's a couple of weeks later, my wife gets a word that the enemy wants to abort some things. And a matter of fact, part of it was sparked because a couple of ladies in our church had a miscarriage. And my wife is realizing there is a lot of pregnant women in our church. And so she said, we need to raise the prayer covering over these things. I mean, first of all, in the natural when God's trying to burst something or bring a deliverer or bring revival, what does he try to do? I mean, when Moses, he tried to kill off the kids. I mean, even in, when Jesus showed up, tried to, tried to kill all the male children. What's happened to this generation, the abortion rate? I'm telling you, this is a generation that's gonna see the enemy defeated and locked up. That great revival of signs and wonders, I believe, is gonna come out. That's why you young people sometimes have, there's such a war going on in your mind. And the enemy, you know, the whole gay thing, 
I believe that is just the voice of the enemy that will hit you when you, you might be a little different, might not be like the, the, the one person in the class or might seem, and the enemy starts labeling you. You're this, you're this, you're this. And you get so tired of it. That when it becomes fact is when you begin to agree with it. And that's the problem that happens. There was a little side note there. Okay, the voice of discouragement wants to bring defeat. The enemy wants to abort something that God's trying to do in your life. He wants to get you off course from a place the Lord wants to take you. And I kind of want to look at the big picture, at least the situation I was going through. It was uh, toward the end of the year, several months ago, I started getting from people in our church prophetic words. They just come up to me. So I, the Lord's really put you on your heart, my heart. And I just believe the Lord's, you know, uh, whether it's a transition or a new thing or you're going through a doorway, promotion, there were, they were positive things about the Lord wanting to do something bigger in my life. So I'm getting these prophetic words, okay, that God's birthing something. But at the same time, there's a couple things happening that are getting me real frustrated. I mean, even in work and ministry. And so about the time I'm getting a little frustrated with some things, and then Somebody else might be getting frustrated in their job or something, and they come and talk to me, and it's kind of, and I'm kind of, yeah, we deserve better. You know, you start agreeing with those things. You start kind of whining and having a little pity party a little bit. So then in the middle of that, and I'm wanting to, you know, this is not dragging out too long. It's all condensed, you know, in a matter of a couple of days, but pretty intense. And then last Sunday night, we have a prayer meeting. Now, first of all, if it's a Sunday night, it's a little cold outside. You got a fire going. There's a good TV show on. The, your flesh, I'm telling you, the last place you want to go is prayer. Your flesh just wants to relax. And I think it pretty much spread throughout our congregation of 1,200 people because there was 24 here for prayer. But I knew I needed to come for two reasons. One was I was supposed to lead the prayer. So I should have been here. Number two is I know deep down inside I've never been disappointed when I come out for a night of prayer. I mean, it's just always something special. And it was just one of those nights that it was just the right people, the right atmosphere, and the presence of God was just really, we were quiet before the Lord. We really felt the Lord, you know, communicating to us. It was just a really neat time. And when we're done, I don't think we make it down the hallway. And my wife says, well, I believe the Lord spoke something to me. And here's what it said. So if I stop whining, stop complaining, walk uprightly and don't abort what I started. So I'm thinking, oh, boom, boom, boom. Spank, spank, spank. And then I said, well, I did write a question in my journal this morning during service. And I wrote down, should I move on? And then in big letters immediately, I wrote no with an exclamation point. And I said, wait and see what I have for you. So I'm saying, okay, maybe this is the Lord in all this. And then one of the guys that's at prayer is the guy that gave me the word I was in a battle. And he looked at me and said, victory. The Lord is saying victory over you. So now when he said that, it's like all the slow motion, all the past months, it just, it just comes to one moment and I'm reminded, and I say this a lot, everything is a test. I mean, it's all a test. I mean, our, our faith is more precious than gold and it's going to be tested by fire. And especially the more we come down to God, you know, trying to entrust in us, literally to see people healed and raised from the dead, and those kind of things. So anyhow, you know, I'm realizing this is a test, and I say, okay, I've got to stop whining. 
because I know God can turn water into wine, but he can't do much, much with winers, right? And in 1 Corinthians 10, 10, this is where you, you get the picture of the children of Israel walking around the mountain and taking forever and not getting to the promised land. And a lot of them die on the way. 1 Corinthians 10, 10, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them as examples. They were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the age have come. How many believe we're getting to the end of the age? We really are. Now, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed. Now, go to the verse before that, and you'll see it on the screen. Isaiah 54, 16. See, it is I who created the blacksmith, who fans the coals into flame, and forges a weapon fit for its work. It is I who have created the destroyer to work havoc. That could be a description of the enemy. I mean, God did create Lucifer, but he chose to go the other way and cause all sorts of problems. But I want you to think about this in a minute for a little bit, as far as just God allowing certain tests to take place, certain tests and trials. Now, I'm not saying sickness in any way is from God. You know, that came in with sin. It's of the devil. But if it happens, the enemy will come in right at any kind of traumatic thing happen. The enemy will come in with voices and try to get you to agree. Oh, God's not for you. Or, you know, because of this. Or, you know, he'll do all these things to try to steal your faith. Amen? So it comes and everything, all these tests, all these trials come down to our response. How are we going to respond? Had a young man in our youth group, was one of my leaders, that got married. And it looked like it's going to be a great marriage. Both had ministry on him. And... The wife just, for whatever reason, decided to walk away from him and walk away from God. And it didn't look like it was going to be reconciled because it was just, it was done. And I kept telling him, I said, if you'll just respond properly. You can't do anything how she's going to respond. You can't, you know, you can't affect the other people. But if you respond properly, if you respond properly, you watch. God is going to bless you. He's going to restore somehow. Now, of course, you know, a month and a year go by and you're still battle going on. But I'm here to tell you now, he married lady in the ministry. He's in the ministry. They got beautiful children and God has just restored. Why? It's about our response. Now, that scripture about, you know, the blacksmith and the, and the, the fire and forging a weapon. Here's the thing. The very fires that the enemy is using to try to destroy you, God can use those fires to forge a weapon that you can begin to destroy the enemy. Amen? Those things you go through, you can actually become a weapon to help set other people free. You know, there's uh, the fish industry when they were trying to get cod from one coast to the next coast for restaurants. First, they would try to freeze it, and they'd find out, you know, it just wouldn't be as fresh. It's, you know, it's never as good if it's frozen. So they would transport it in these big tanks. You know, the live fish and, you know, the, the water, and, the, and they get it to the other coast, but they find out that the, the meat of the fish was mealy and mushy. It didn't really, it lost its texture. Then they begin to research and find out the catfish was a natural enemy of the cod. So they would put catfish in this tank, and then by the time it got to the other coast, the meat was great. Because why? Those fish had to be, you know, the catfish, the enemy was chasing them. And they'd stay strong. Anybody know of any catfish in your life? Don't look at your wife or husband right now. Okay. How many are the catfish for some people? I'm being a catfish today. I want to talk about the voice. Say the voice. 
And here's the thing, the voice of discouragement wants to lead you down the path of depression to the valley of hopelessness, to the door of defeat, to abort something, to take something away. But God, say, but God. But God's voice of direction wants to lead you down the path of encouragement to the pastures of peace, to the door of victory. So he can bring success and birth great things in your life. Now, no weapon formed. The enemy forms weapons, but he needs people to carry him. And it's amazing how those voices can stab, stab, slice, dice, you know, kind of work you over. Okay, so I'm back to the morning that I wake up after the situation with my dad and these voices, and, you know, and, I'm, and I'm walking around praying and I'm trying to hear something from God and I'm getting nothing. How many have been there? You're getting nothing. And so I go through my routine and thank God for this routine. Pull the oatmeal out of the microwave, get some brown sugar in it, get some cinnamon on it, get some blueberries on it. I'm out of pecan, so I had to just kind of suck it up there. Sit down, pull my Bible out, get my Bible reading guide from the church, two chapters, at least try to do that. And what just happens to be up that day but Psalm 27? Now let's start at verse 10. You can imagine what I'm thinking, what I'm going through, and I get to this. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart Wait, I say on the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you, it was like God was in the room. Amen. The word, the place where God will always speak. I mean, it's, it's so simple, but I don't know why we don't go there more. There was times, I believe, that was one of the first places God spoke to me. When, you know, I'd see these other prophetic men, and I, and I, but I would think, Isaiah? 17 or something would just stand out and I would just kind of look there and I'd look and I, oh, and I would see, it would start to make sense. Matter of fact, I just saw you, Lawrence. I saw you in the day it was. I said I had a word for you. Now, first I was just thinking this word was a word for you. But in the meantime, something else began to come up and I feel like with your future, it's gotten foggy what the Lord has for you to do. But I hear there's a clear view coming. And you know what we mean there. But uh, literally, the Lord wants to breathe something fresh on you today to kind of just kind of blow out kind of the, the fog and the stuff and begin. And some of it's just going, you know, back to where, you know, God's putting your heart as a passion and beginning to believe his voice again. I don't know if there's some other voices that have done this, some things to get you to slow down. But I'm telling you today, he wants to accelerate you. He wants to get you back on course because there's ministry in you. Amen, Amen brother. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, when Jesus was tempted, we heard this in the, matter of fact, Friday and Saturday had a great uh, marriage conference simulcast with um, um, Jimmy Evans. Just some, I mean, there's some stuff he said here that I, I said. But when you go to that word, man, it's alive. It'll always, it's alive. It's living. And it's a two-edged sword. One side's like a scalpel that'll heal you. The other side's like a sword that'll destroy the enemy. Slice and dice. Amen. It's powerful. Jesus, when he was tempted, 40 days without eating, hardly enough energy to do anything, but yet he had enough energy when the enemy came with some partial truth, 
to say, it is written. And he defeated the enemy by the word of God. Now I want to go back to Isaiah 54, verse 17. But I want to tell you the amplified version of it. And I just happened to know this, and not that I'm a good student or tried to memorize it. It was just, I had some scriptures I'd always speak out loud into the atmosphere. And these are just, this is just one I spoke out, you know, a couple times a week. And over a time, when it runs over your tongue, it'll carve it on your heart. And so you can follow on the screen, but it says, no weapon formed against me or my family will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me in judgment shall be shown to be in the wrong. For this peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over opposition is the heritage of these servants of the Lord. And this is the righteousness and vindication which we obtain from him. That which he imparts to us is our justification. Now, I want to take that and I want to use the word voice as an acronym. And I, sometimes I just make up an acronym and I kind of like it. But I really feel this came from the Lord because it just came so fast. But the V stands for vindication. Say vindication. It's like you're in a court of law. These voices are coming at you and accusing you. But the Lord will vindicate you. I mean, the Holy Spirit, one word for the Holy Spirit in the Greek is paraclete. And that is the, that breaks down into means comforter. It means counselor. It means one called alongside to help you, an advocate. It's like in the middle of that courtroom, you have a defense attorney, the Holy Spirit, that'll remind you, just like you reminded me the night before in that morning, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue, voice that rises up against me. He will vindicate you. Say vindicate. The O is offer hope. What does the voice of the enemy want to do? He wants to take you down the path of depression to discouragement to hopelessness to finally give up and quit. God wants to give you hope through the, through the word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through other Christians, wants to give you hope. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a... Boy... That was good. Pastor John's got you trained, right? <laughs> to give you hope and a future. He always wants to give you hope. I is impartation. Say impartation. It was in that uh, amplified version. This is, in the right, this is the righteousness of vindication which they obtain from me, that which I impart to them as their justification, says the Lord. To impart means to give, to bestow, to make known, to reveal. He wants to infuse you with some faith or something, just to kind of, just kind of supercharge you. It, it just kind of amazes me at times that we have an altar team come to the altar. And I'm telling you, there's an impartation that can take place here. There's a lot in the Bible about laying on a hands and grabbing somebody's hands and agreeing with them. I don't, I don't know if any of you, we're going to give tours to the altar. Some of you have never seen this altar. It's really beautiful. I mean, it, but it's amazing how, I mean, don't listen to the voice of the enemy if you feel that, man, I need to go up there. But when somebody grabs a hold of you, and a lot of times these people pray, and they're praying prophetically. I mean, they're praying and letting God pray. for. But just that, sometimes it's just that step of faith up there that God will just, you'll just leave and say, yeah, 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 I can do it. Impartation. This, is, this next letter is why I believe it's from the Lord. The C stands for correction. I don't think I'd use that word. Because... With the voice of direction usually comes the voice of correction. Because you're needing wisdom and direction because either you've kind of lost the view of things or you've gotten off course somehow. And what was my voice of direct or correction? 
Stop whining, stop complaining, walk uprightly. Any good father or leader will discipline, but usually end with some sort of encouragement. Uh, while I was doing youth ministry, and Travis can picture this, I have to correct some young people and uh, kind of discipline them somehow. And it's like a young man that might come to the youth service and just distracting and getting everybody's attention and getting them to talk while I'm, t- whatever it may be. So I go with what I call the sandwich approach. Like three, pe- you know, piece of bread, some meat and a piece of bread. First I start with the top piece of bread and I try to kind of speak something positive. I say, man, I can see you got leadership skills. You're a person of great influence. And then I come with the meat. But you're leading them the wrong way, son. And you're distracting everybody in here. You know, and, and kind of go, and then come back with a little hope or encouragement. You know, God wants to use that leadership skill for his kingdom. And God's got a great plan for you, but the enemy's getting you off course. And whatever else might be going on. But just try to give him some, some uh, encouragement. Say encouragement. That correction, it's like you get off course and it's, the GPS system recalculates. God's position sensor kind of, no, 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 you need to do this. You need to get back on course. And the last letter, if I didn't do that, was encouragement. I mean, the Lord wants to impart courage to you. Wants to kind of tap you and say, yeah, you can do this. Come on. We can do this together. No weapon formed against you will prosper. In other words, no weapon formed will prosper. But that means these lies will not stick to you. I mean, this word of God is like Teflon. When you read it, I'm telling you, that stuff is not going to be able to stick to you. And with all the voices that bombard us, I mean, voices, 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 we need to discern the Lord's voice out of all these voices. I've said this before, the word discern means to extract the precious from the worthless. And there's a lot of dirt mixed in with the gold. Has anybody watched or watched any of those shows, you know, Finding Gold, like Gold Rush or anything? I don't know if it's just a guy thing, but man, I have a dream. I had a dream last night, Travis. Found these, this door open and, and gold coins just started falling out. I was excited. But just finding stuff. I just like to find things. But you think, you watch that show, they, they take these truckloads, tons of dirt, and they run them through these, these conveyors and they, they squirt water on them and shake and the water running over kind of washes away all the dirt to the point where what settles out at the bottom? The gold, the gold nuggets. What does it say in Ephesians 5, 26? that he might sanctify and cleanse us with the washing of the water by the word. I'm telling you, wash your brain with this water of the word, it'll get all that dirt and junk out. It really will. You'll be able to discern the voice of the Lord better by looking at his word. You'll be able to recognize when the enemy's trying to speak to you and trying to get you off course and trying to abort what God's trying to do in your life. I want to finish just talking about Joshua for a minute. It won't take long. I want you to think about they're wandering around in the wilderness 40 years. I'm telling you, when I'm going through something that I realize is a test, I don't want to spend 40 years in kindergarten. You know, I want to graduate. I want to go to that next place. God, And he has a next place for this church. That means all of us have a, a graduation to do. But Joshua, you, could you imagine the voices he's hearing? The book of Joshua starts off by saying Moses is dead. So now Joshua's got the responsibility of hundreds of thousands of people, and he's hearing these voices. Moses is dead. Man, I'm nothing like Moses. Man, how could I possibly, you know, hard telling what this man's going through. I'm young. I mean, how, and what does God do? In the very first chapter, four times, he speaks to Joshua and says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. 
I'm telling you, God's speaking that to some people in this room today that feel like quitting, giving up in an area. Could be a job, a marriage. I don't know what it is. But listen to the verse. And this is a verse for all of us. Two verses, Joshua 1, 7 and 8. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. So you be careful to do according to everything written in it. Then you'll make your way prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God be with you wherever you go. You know, I think the biggest mistake we make when we get in a battle is we don't get ourselves in position to hear God. You, know, you have to get yourself in position. That means you either open up the Bible, you get, you get to church, and isn't it something how the enemy works us over and we just, we kind of back off of the Bible? Or we, we start backing off from church. That's all condemnation when the enemy pushes you away from things like that. The Holy Spirit will say, yeah, maybe you messed up or you're going through something, but get to church, get in your word, get to the place of prayer. Amen? I want to close with this thought about the biggest battle any of us go through is the battle for our soul. I mean, I can remember when the Lord started working. I mean, I've been in church in 30, for 30 years, but uh, was really... I mean, I had a fear of God, but if I had died, I don't think I'd have went to heaven. I mean, I didn't have a relationship. And I started even living more like the devil and doing stupid things. But I remember those voices when it was starting to get close, like, you know, when somebody else would get saved, oh, they're just a Jesus freak now. Like my sister, oh, she's just a Jesus freak. She's part of the God squad. And so you'd hear those voices. Or maybe you hear the voices that, well, and because somebody asked me a question the first time in 30 years, somebody just flat out said, if you died, would you go to heaven or hell? Talk about voices coming up then. Well, maybe I do more good than bad. Maybe I can talk my way in. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe this, maybe that. I went to, you know, we, all those voices. But the only voice you can rely on is the voice of God, on His Word. And I'm telling you, unless you receive Him into your heart, unless you made Him Lord and Savior, because He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all, are you following him? As many as followed him become son, as many as become children of God. It's about following. It's about, and I'm not saying being perfect, but you know if you're going toward the cross or away from the cross, or you're just standing still. And so I want to ask you this question. I'm going to count to three in a minute. And when I do, it's going to give you enough time to hopefully discern the voice of the Lord. And I'm going to ask you that question. If you died today, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Are you sure? 100% sure. It says, I mean, I come to the place, like it says in John 5, that I might know where I'd spend eternity. And man, you want to know before you leave here. So, have you invited him into your life? Have you ever done that? Have you ever made a public profession of your faith where you've in front of other people declared, hey, I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord. Or maybe you've gotten off track and you know you're not really following him right now and today's the day you need to go all in. I mean, pastor's been preaching about all in. Is it time to go all in for Jesus? One, if you don't know, if you're going to spend eternity, I'd raise your hand and come into agreement with God's word that you want to follow him. Two, three. Anybody want to ask Christ in your life? Hold up your hands. Anybody else? I see your hand. God bless you. Anybody else? Amen. If it's one person in here, this is what it's about. Amen.
Anybody else? You know what? I believe more than ever, there was 20 people that were supposed to be here today that were supposed to respond. And they're not here for one reason or another. So let's begin to pray this five weeks coming up that, I mean, we begin to invite them. I believe the enemy's voice went out and kind of stopped some people from coming today because there's empty seats here. This is usually our, our biggest packed service. Anybody else need to get right with the Lord before we go? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand on our feet. Here's what I want. I want our altar team to come right now. And before you leave, just take a little time and let somebody agree with you if you're going through something. Because I know uh, there's some of you, there's some lies you're battling right now. But other people, you might just need healing in your body. You might need some direction. But use this time to agree with somebody. Let these people agree and pray with you. Some of you just need to sing through this once. But let's go ahead and sing through this song. Let God speak to hearts. The altars are open. Those of you that raised your hand, if you just kind of uh, just come up to one of these or just go over to the cross there. Share, make sure she gets to the cross. And, and just uh, we got a little information for you. And just they'll say a prayer with you. In Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and worship. Altars are open in Jesus' name.